Welcome once again to the Ebone Zone, as I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 326th time on this Friday, March 3rd, 2023. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, Scheming Heights. Amusement parks can be fun. There's a lot of great rides and great food that you can enjoy, and it's usually a family affair where you bring your kids and everybody that wants to go with you. But recently, a pair of parents in Florida went viral for a hack they came up with to be able to make their son taller so he could go on the rides that weren't made for kids. Okay, I can tell already this is getting off to a great start. Let's continue. Here's how they did it. They glued some flip-flop bottoms to the soles of shoes that were already pretty thick on the bottom so they can make him look taller than he is. The minimum height requirement is 38 inches, and they think this will pass for getting him in. And while, yeah, sure, they're technically right, I'd say that somebody's going to recognize it at some point or another. This is a TikTok thing, so you know there was a clickbait title to it, and they call it the Ultimate Theme Park Hack. No, I'm sorry to burst your bubble here, but it's not. When you get down to it, this isn't that impressive. All you're doing is putting your kid at risk. One woman who commented on the video said that height requirements weren't put in place to ruin the fun, which, I mean, she's not wrong. I completely agree with that. And others have said that theme park employees could be fired if they let a kid who's too short for the ride take a spin on it anyway. The original poster saw what was happening and titled his next video, Watch All the Way Through, Please, where he talks about how he wouldn't actually condone any of this and that the video was faked. Things like this, I think, happen because you know you got caught doing something irresponsible and upsetting to people. You do it for views because everybody, and I mean everybody, has that little part of their brain when they watch a video of someone doing something they know will end badly that says, Hold on, wait a minute, don't you even think about scrolling. Let's see how this goes. I'll get the popcorn. Overall, I firmly believe that this is a reason why social media is sometimes a curse rather than a blessing because now that that idea is out there... It might cause people to do that same thing or something even crazier to one-up you. You just gotta watch yourself when it comes to stuff like that. And before we get to the rest of the episode, I'd like you to hear a word from my friends at McNutter Butter Coffee. The morning cup of coffee. It's an American tradition. Smooth and full of flavor. Just the thing you need to get your day roaring to a start. But not all coffee is created equal. And if it's quality you crave, choose McNutter Butter Coffee. McNutter Butter is whole beans, so you can grind it yourself with the assurance of the freshest cup possible every time. Try the classic Good Morning Neighbor, a smooth all-day coffee. Enjoy in the morning to start your day or relax in the evening having a cup with a friend. Coffee Doodle Doo, a roast that's fit for a cowboy with a smoky flavor and a smooth finish. Or my personal favorite, Beanin' For You, the coffee that will put a pep in your step with some great flavor. You can also freshen up with a McNutter Butter Facial Scrub. The saying is true. The only thing better than our coffee is sharing it with friends. To find out more, visit McNutter Butter Coffee on Facebook. This week I want to continue a tradition that's very close to my heart. I try and offer a good Christian podcast, so I thought I would begin sharing a new Bible verse each week. This week I would like to share a verse from the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14 says, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is a really interesting verse because love 
is important. Love is important as a Christian. Love is important as a human being. We need that love in our lives. We need to have love for God first and foremost. We need to have love for God's word. We need to have love for our neighbor. We need to have love for our church. We need to have love for a lot of things as a Christian. Because, well, if we can't love, how are we going to show others the love of Christ? How are we going to be an example of his love if we ourselves don't know how to show love? Now, there are some things we should refrain from loving, as highlighted in 1 John 2.15. This is King James here. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So, we need to, instead of having our affections, our love, on the world, we need to have our love and our eyes set on the things above. We need to have our love pointed toward Jesus. We need to have our appreciation pointed toward Jesus and the thing he did for us on the cross that saved us from our sin, his death, his blood, his substitutionary atonement in our place, and his bodily resurrection from the grave three days later. That is the ultimate demonstration of love, and we need to love like Christ. There are a lot of demonstrations of love in the Bible. One of my favorites, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So multiple times in the Bible, we see God showing his love towards us as his children because God loves his children. And we as his children are supposed to love our Father. It's a choice that we make each and every day to love him and to commit our lives to him, to commit our every part of our being to him. And the Bible even says, love your enemies. In Luke 6, 35, it says, but love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And also in 1 John 4, 8, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So one of the greatest things we can do as a Christian is love. Just put our love out there, our love for God. We need to make that known to the world, our love for our neighbor. We need to make that known for the world. No matter how much our neighbor has hurt us, no matter how much they've wronged us, we need to show them the love of Christ anyway, because God said so, because he loved us. He sent his only son, his only begotten son, to die for us on a cruel, rugged cross when he didn't have to. God loved us that much, and he still loves us that much today. So friends, why do we struggle to show that same love to his people? Sometimes the internet can be a pretty cool place. Other times, well, not so much. And that's why I've taken it upon myself to dive back into the depths of Twitter to see which side of the coin we're presented with this week. This week's hashtag is the only sport I'm good at is. The first response to the hashtag the only sport I'm good at is running after the corn man. When you think about it, this could either be one of two things. Either A, a man who sells corn on the street and it's really popular, or B, the least likely situation of the two, 
a man who's actually made of corn and stuck in a body of kernels until he can pay back his debt of 500,000 corn stalks planted, all because he popped five bags of popcorn on movie night to fill a communal bowl. Sort of like if Davy Jones was suddenly obsessed with corn. That's how I think about it. The next response to this week's hashtag, the only sport I'm good at, is channel surfing. Hey, I mean, we could all take home the gold on that one because the sad thing of it is we have hundreds and hundreds of channels, yet nothing seems good enough to watch. Our short attention spans must be to blow... Hey, there's that pen I was looking for. Our third response is running my mouth. Honestly, I think I'd be Olympic level on this one. Of course, if I didn't talk a lot, the podcast might not be very interesting, so... I guess my motor mouth is something to be grateful for. See, I've told my family for years it would come in handy at some point. And the last response, the only sport I'm good at is watching them. Honestly, I think I'd have to agree with you there because I love watching football, but I know that I'd get my head knocked off if I was to actually get into a game. So, yeah, I'm just going to stay on the couch for now. If you've ever lost something important, it can be stressful. Take, for example, your car keys when you're already two hours late for work because you overslept or when your kid loses their textbook on the day that they're supposed to have an open book study for a test. Kick it up a notch for the married folks. What about the engagement ring that you bought for your darling bride? Well, that's a lot closer to reality than fiction because that's exactly what happened to a couple when 21 years ago a man named Nick proposed to his girlfriend. They lost it and looked absolutely everywhere. Apparently, I underestimated how committed they were because the two of them climbed down into the septic tank to find it. They didn't have any luck. Until, that is, 21 years later when Nick's mom got a plumber to replace her toilet, and he found it. His mom recognized it and cleaned it up and placed it under the Christmas tree as sort of a surprise to her son. Now, hang on. This is where I'm going to stop you. I'm glad they found it and everything. It seems that everything is on the climb, doesn't it? Things are getting better. But I'll counter with this. Even though they cleaned it, I still wouldn't wear the thing. I'd replace it because, hear me out, it's still been in the toilet and 21 years in a septic tank does a lot to tarnish a ring. You know that after that long, it probably doesn't even look like a ring at all. Of course, I'm just guessing because I've never had that experience, but if you want my two cents, I'd have just let sleeping dogs lie and either gone out to get another one or gone to the jeweler that I originally bought the ring from and explained the situation to see if I could get a discounted replacement. And at the most, keep it in a memory box where you can see it, but as far as wearing it with your wedding ring, I'd probably think about it a little bit more before I make any long-term decisions. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. And if you want more from the podcast, visit the website, www.ebonezone.com. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember... Keep an ear out.